passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors is everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED lights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. The legends are true. Overwhelming power. sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! I participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. This week on the Poison Rana free feed, we have the chance to talk to Holly Hood Haley J from the Netflix documentary series Wrestlers, Women of Wrestling, and OVW. Hi, I'm the Bougetowist baddie around Hollywood Haley J. We loved you on Netflix oh, Wrestlers. Man. Thank you. I want to start off by like, hey, how's things have changed since being on Netflix? Well, since then, um, everyone finally knows that I'm a superstar. I don't just say it and not mean it, you know. Um, I get recognized every time I go out somewhere. Uh, my pay grade has came up, you know. Search Poison Rana in your podcast app, hit subscribe, and check out all the free shows covering wrestling, pop culture, and more. Poison Rana. First time in a long time, but back like I never left. Taking these days as it comes, you know me, I don't read ahead. Watch me burn down everything, BDE on the TV set. When I'm in control on the road, you can never really know what's up next. Hello. Hello, hello, hello. Brayden Harrington here with Davey Portman for Up Next. You found us on postwrestling.com or whatever podcast app you are using. And of course, we are live on youtube.com slash postwrestling. Hello, Postmarks. Happy Saturday. Happy Saturday. We've made it to a deadline and we're here with our NXT deadline post show on the post wrestling feed. So hello, NXT friends, friends. Hello, postmarks. Hello, poison pals. Hello, everyone. We are here to chat about some NXT featuring Shawn Michaels and CM Punk. The future Absolutely. of professional wrestling. Yeah. Two guys who pissed off a lot of people. And then 10 years later, it was just trying to make friends or make money. Yeah. It depends which yeah. way you look at it. Can only do, yeah. Well, we're going to talk about CM Punk and Shawn Michaels possibly burying the hatchet. They're like best friends. Who would have thought? Yeah. But uh, we're going to talk all about it uh, because who would have thought that CM Punk showed up on NXT? But WWE is just like, we got him. Let's put him on every show all the time. I think they're doing a good job of like, hey, what show will he sign on? I mean, it should just 
be pretty clear uh, on Monday night. <laughs> NXT, NXT. Oh yeah, yeah, sorry, right. They're, they're right. the one with the hot new channel they're moving to. Yeah, yeah. The uh, real money. The is, CW is, stands for CM Punk. No. Yeah, CM Punk Wrestling Network. Yes, exactly. Uh, we just got to get that dream match of CM Punk and Lexus King. Oh, yeah. Again, I, they may have fought in AW, but yeah. We are here. It's a Saturday night. Yes, we're going to talk all about some NXT. Uh, if you don't know who we are, we are Braden and Davey. We are Poison Rana. Go to poisonrana.ca for everything that we do. We do so many other shows. You may have heard off the top. We do some interviews and wrestling podcasts, movie reviews, all that sort of thing. So go check us out. But uh, before we jump into our review, we have some news for our listeners, for our yes, friends. we do. We do indeed. Because, yeah, I mean, this is uh, a long time coming because uh, a lot of our listeners who uh, love us, we love you guys back, they keep asking us, hey, guys, how do I get, you know, the Poison Rana Frog on a shirt? How do I get this thing on a hoodie? Well, now is the time we finally have our own merch site and with a thanks to our good, good friend, the Mad Ginger himself, Dickie Bird, we can present to you a brand new website that is uh, a spot for you to go and get your Poison Rana merchandise, which is, drum roll please, go to chopped-tees.com. Com, which at this very second just launched. It was not private until right now. So during the show, have yourself a little scroll of all the fine froggy merchandise that you can see is now available worldwide. Yes, that's right. Worldwide, you can get yourself some Poison Rana merchandise. And wow, Dickie did a fantastic job with that website. You got it on the video and everything. Look at that. We're like true shopping network channel uh, i feel like uh michael cole and king trying to explain how the wwe network works back in Tout it out. Yeah. it's you go to this website you see a, a shirt you like so maybe you want a, a poison rana everybody uh three-quarter sleeve shirt you click on it you pick your size you add it to your cart and then uh, before my credit card details show up on the screen, you buy it with your money and then you wear it and you support us proudly. But it isn't just Poison Rana stuff on here. We also have Shot in the Dark. Did you want a shot glass in the dark? Well, now you can. You can drink out of John Ceno's bearded face, if you like. <laughs> you can wear a Shot in the Dark hat. You can also go to What Up Doe because you are sporting one of their sh uh, hoodies right now. You can get a What Up hoodie. You can even get a What Up Doe bucket hat, because we know B Detroit loves his bucket hats, as well as our sweet, sweet Eagles Don't Hunt Flies merch. Do you want to fist with an Ambrose coffee mug? Yes, be an Ambro with the boys. Uh, we're going to be uploading so many more designs on this uh, site it's giving us a lot more freedom than we used to have um but uh first of all we do want to thank our friends at pwt who have supported us the last few years but it, it's time for us to do our own thing and uh this is something that dickie's been working on for quite a while and kind of has have come in uh with us uh to kind of uh launch this look do you want to you like those 
damage control lasses. Well, be a Kabuki Kai pirate hugger, if you will. <laughs> um, so all of this is available right now. And what is pretty awesome is um, this ships worldwide from like different locations all over the world. So you don't have to wait for it to be shipped, say, from the US to the UK. There are shipping stations within the UK. So if you place an order today, uh, you should get it well in time for Christmas, which is pretty cool. So uh, give yourself a Christmas present, give some friends, family a Christmas present. And in doing so, you give us a Christmas present as well. Yeah. Uh, shout out all our listeners around the world, uh, because we we can't do this continuously all the time with without our, our, our poison pals and our friends out there. So to finally have our own merch store again, thanks to Dickie. It's just super awesome. So. We're going to be uh, th- right now. There's a lot of products up there. We got like some crazy looking hoodies, some mugs, like you said, shot glasses, hats. I know I'm a hat guy. I got the snapbacks. There's going to be some different variations. We're, we're going to have the freedom to upload everything. So I'm, I'm re- there's even dad hats. Yeah. You daddies out there. So really, and if you've been watching cover. us for a while, you know, I like my summery shirt. So come summer, we'll have a whole <laughs> line of froggy, froggy Hawaiian shirts that you can go out and look fly as fucking so go uh check out if you're listening right now chop-cheese.com go look at all the stuff that we got for our poison pals shout out dicky bird it looks amazing so more to come in the future more to come of different merch and shirts and hoodies and all fun stuff so right now is just the launch of all this stuff that we have up there and get yourself a, a holiday gift and it will it will pretty much come before uh christmas because uh we tried some shipping methods and they they seem to work really well Absolutely. And can't wait for uh, you guys to check them out. I'm I'm in uh, British Columbia right now, beautiful British Columbia. And my last night will be on Tuesday. So I won't be on Tuesday's shirt. But uh, the man, the mastermind behind all of this, uh, Mr. Dickie Bird, uh, will be taking my place on Tuesday night to talk all about NXT and uh, talk a little bit more about this new adventure the three of us are going on. It's going to be an interesting show because Dickie has not watched NXT in a while. He listens to us every week, I fucking hope. But uh, he's 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 tuned in last week and then tonight and was giving me some thoughts in the in the chat. So I'm I'm definitely interested to have him on the show, not only to talk about T-shirts, but to see what exactly he thinks and knows what's going on in NXT. So Tuesday night, hear from the man himself on on this very feed for a new episode of Un- uh, Up Next because there'll be a lot of fallout from this deadline show but yeah go check out chop-tees.com absolutely well i i think we should probably get into a bit of nxt deadline should we not absolutely gotta gotta shout out uh our boys sino and frank who were at this show live and i know sino and frank were like oh it's in you know it's in bridgeport and i asked them like a week ago like are you gonna go to the the big the new headquarters right wwe got that new title mm-hmm all day I'm waiting. I'm like, I wonder if these guys are going to go. Because like the photo there would be pretty sweet. But before Sino sent me his photo, I saw another person posting a photo. And that was CM Punk. Yeah. And then right <laughs> like, okay, so he's probably showing up on the show tonight. And he even posted a photo in the WWE headquarters gym, which is pretty funny. Uh, shout out. That, that place looks awesome. What, wasn't he saying he he missed his flight, so he's gonna he was gonna have a phone call, but I'm in the area, so might as well just yeah. show up to NXT. Uh, sure, yeah. yeah. Believe believe what you will. Uh, yeah. but, but yes, NXT Deadline 2023. We did have a bit of a a pre-show uh, with a a match rescheduled from Tuesday's show uh, where uh, Axiom and Nathan Fraser were disrupted. 
by uh, the women in the Iron Survivors Challenge. Uh, so they had their rematch tonight, continuing their professional rivalry, uh, kind of playing up how uh, Nathan Fraser might be kind of getting himself into a bit of trouble, uh, saying things that maybe he shouldn't. He's still like a baby face, but just a bit stupid. And kind of obviously Ilya taught him a lesson the other week. And tonight was Axiom kind of doing the same thing, uh, beating him with the golden ratio. Uh, but again, these two have fantastic chemistry. I feel these two, you could just throw on any show and you know you're going to get uh, some really like fast, high impact uh, work from them both. And uh, they yeah. had their what best of three, I think, uh, a few months ago and then continuing it with this. Yeah, like I know we've seen these guys tied up before. They're very similar. They're very alike. And they've had some history even before here. So I know they always cook and I was the match was supposed to be on Tuesday and I'm like, all right, well, they had some great things and they teased Frazier at the end losing like he was almost going to hit him or something. But Mm. instead he shook his hand and gave him a hug. So uh, the John Oliver character is going to remain a baby face. But wouldn't like a like the Grayson Waller effect is like the the show where he just disses people like Mm. I think the, the hard hitting truths might actually be better if he were to like really like be a dick about it, it it's a good idea and i think we said before yeah. he i think he's got the delivery like the tone of a john oliver correctly it's just the material john oliver's material is very very good and you know wwe writers aren't that yeah. funny a lot of the time so yeah. there's maybe something in there uh but uh yeah i i do see maybe them going with this heel turn a little bit down the line because he is quite an annoying character and obviously his his offense is very babyface friendly but I, I felt over the last couple of weeks we have maybe had a bit of a tease that Fraser might turn down the line. Or maybe I the mean, crowd turns on him first. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, Axiom offered him a mask. He did. He's like, look, I got on SmackDown. You could do the same thing, buddy. He's like, come on. Yeah. So maybe the the, the mask. Axiom lost the, like, luchador mathlete kind of stuff, which is cool. But now he's just, like, some mask dude. But, yeah, we'll see where this goes. It was It was a pretty good match. We open the show with Sexy Boy playing and Shawn Michaels coming out. Now, uh, Shawn in his like post-wrestling uh, career hasn't had the great greatest fashion sense in the world. But I, I thought he, he dressed up to the occasion tonight. No, absolutely disagree. No? He's really? wearing blue. He's wearing a blue jacket, a blue shirt, and a blue tie. And then he wants someone to sign to NXT. No, I you don't even look like you work in NXT. I mean, it worked for the show on Friday. It wasn't a, an old T-shirt with a tatty blazer over the top. Okay. And, yeah. and his kind of uh, man from Home Alone hair poking out of his hat. It, I, I thought he looked a little smarter than usual. But you're right. He, he could have worn no, some black and gold. We're both right. We're both right. Yeah. Like, yeah, he looked he looked good. But I was like, what's with the blue on blue on blue? Like, did Sean join the Crips and I wasn't aware <laughs> of this or something? But yeah, uh, hearing his music, we don't hear his music on NXT as often. I mean, he's the GM here, but well, lately Ava Rain is, but I guess we'll find that out on Tuesday. Uh, but like uh, hearing his music, I was like, oh man, because that was my first ever ringtone and like it still triggers me. But yeah, I, I got pretty excited that he was opening the show. Yeah, and this crowd, I think it was, uh, according to WrestleTix, like over 5,000 there. This crowd seemed really hot and definitely the the hottest NXT atmosphere I think we've had since uh, the kind of takeover days. Uh, this crowd seemed to kind of, you know, know who everyone was on the show, are following the stories and really seemed excited. And I think, as you said, just kicking things off with Sexy Boy, uh, there was a real like party atmosphere, I thought, to start this show off. And 
Sean says, hello, boys and girls. Welcome to NXT Deadline. This is WWE's final PLE of the year. And I have a question for you. Are you ready? And then Cult of Personality hits. And CM Punk comes out wearing a sweet, sweet pink Bret Hart hoodie. Oh, my God. I absolutely lost it. Like, all right. All right. You come out to do a segment with Sean. And you're wearing a Bret Hart hoodie. I, I definitely think that's pretty funny. And what was funnier is even they used it in some some good old banter yeah. in the in the promo. But I mean, yeah, like the cat was somewhat out of the bag with Punk tweeting and, and posting on his Instagram like, hey, sorry, not tweeting. He doesn't use that anymore. But uh, like Instagram being like, hey, I'm here. So people did assume he would be involved. But to have him come out like right away and also with Sean, yeah. was, like it had my attention right oh, away yeah. for sure. So the. Th- not the two people I thought we would see in the ring together at the same time, for sure. So, Punk is striking like the uh, Shawn Michaels pose on the ramp instead of its clobbering time. Uh, he hugs an Ed Sheeran-looking kid in the front row and huge CM Punk chants. Yeah, and... when he did the stretch, he's like, oh, how did you do that? <laughs> I'm like, why do you do that? <laughs> uh, he says, Sean, hey, I'm sorry to step on your gimmick, do you want to tell everyone to suck it or something? I forgot if you're allowed to say it these days. And kind of does the pull rod. Who'd have thought it, eh? You and I. Who'd have look thought it? Huh? Look at yeah, us. Yeah, he, he, he definitely does it word for word. Like, look at us, huh? And uh, Sean kind of says, uh, I don't even know what I was going to say. I've kind of forgotten my words. And and I think he was maybe being honest there. He tells CM Punk he's wearing a nice hoodie. And Punk's like, no, come on. You guys made up. Look. Even I made up with Triple H. This is all about healing. And he says, I've got some good news and bad news. He's playing with the crowd. What do you want to hear first? And he says, the brilliant thing about you forgetting everything. And you know what? I forgot everything I was going to say as well is having people come up to me backstage saying that they grew up watching me. And you know what, Sean? I grew up watching you too. And as much as they wanted to take selfies with me backstage, I want a selfie with you right now. So Sean Michaels and CM Punk have a selfie in the middle of the ring. Uh, all I'll say is um, cherish the, this honeymoon moon period as we're having it, folks. <laughs> and yeah. Uh, yeah, he says, I missed my flight today and I owed you a phone call. So I thought, why not? I show up and everyone's asking, am I going to SmackDown? Am I going to Raw? Or is the latest NXT superstar named and puts the mic up to the crowd and they all chant CM Punk, CM Punk. And then Cult of Personality hits again, maybe a tad delayed. There was a little awkward, like, oh, are we are we saying a bit more? What are we doing? Yeah, and I wasn't sure what was happening there, yeah. They hug again, they're laughing, and we fade to the credits. But uh, I thought this was a fun way to open the show. Yeah, wow. Trip, sorry, Triple H and CM Punk have buried the hatchet. Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels have buried the hatchet. Here's Punk and, and Shawn hugging in the ring, like, like, Punk is team Brett, so he should automatically not like these guys. Mm. And look, now they've all buried the hatchet. Money talks, baby. But isn't it weird that all these years ago, if you were to say, imagine Brett Hart now owns his own rum and a bar, Mm. but Shawn Michaels teaches the young kids today how to wrestle. I wouldn't believe (laughs) you. I would not believe you whatsoever. It's true. true. Now that is an actual fact. So uh i do i do want to check out that bar but yeah this was this was so funny punk wearing this hoodie right away just made me start cackling like a little kid was it the best segment ever no it's kind of weird and 
did seem like they didn't really know what they had planned or forgot or something. But either way, I, I, I definitely bit the line there. I, I thought that was quite charming in a way, though, that they were both just like kind of giggling, having yeah, fun. Like they're so yeah. charismatic that the crowd didn't care. You're seeing Shawn Michaels and CM Punk in the ring together. Um, yeah. And there is like there are similarities, you know, between CM Punk and Shawn. Like both pissed off a lot of people and left this company and then came back somewhat to open arms. So, uh, yeah, I thought this was pretty fun. Will he go to NXT? We'll, we'll I mean, see. there's some big dream matches. CM Punk Lexus King comes to mind. I need yep. to see him punch him. He's got yep. the most punchable face in the company. Uh, I don't CM Punk Vaughn. CM Punk Vaughn. We need to see Lash Legend do the the power slam on CM Punk as well, right? Yeah, it wouldn't. Yeah, he's he's not that big. He doesn't even look like he's no. But Punk does even that, look like he, But Punk does that move a lot, right? He does the right, three right, in a row, right. right? Yeah. So yeah, there true. we go. And it's uh, Lash yeah. Legend, so why not Punk? Punk, there's, a, there's, there's some dream matches, but I, I wouldn't hold your breath. But I, I, I will say we'll probably maybe see some if some of these guys get called up in the next like short future. Like a Braun Breaker, CM Punk genuinely does sound like a, a, a good hmm. match where he would just his bone just turn to dust. But yeah, yeah. Uh, the other thing worth noting, and I, I did put out this tweet earlier. The last time CM Punk was on NXT was 11 years ago when he faced Antonio Cesaro and Cassius Ono, and he partnered Seth Rollins. That's right. So, that's right. We did a show on it. We did indeed. And uh, that is actually available for free now on our Patreon, if you want to check that out. And yes, I, think if you, uh, I think if you go to our, our Spotify Patreon, if you yep. search Patreon in, in Poison Rana Patreon Spotify, it lists all the episodes, obviously behind a, a paywall. But I believe if you make one of them free, it opens it up. So if any Spotify users there, go check it out. Exactly. And then our first match of the night is for the North American Championship. It's Dirty Dominic Mysterio versus Dragon Lee. Uh, Rey Mysterio enters first. Uh, he's going to be on commentary for the match. He's in the corner of Dragon Lee, but obviously his son is out there too. And Dominic Mysterio comes out, but this time, no judgment day. He's doing this by himself. And we go into the match. There's a head scissors takedown by Lee, followed immediately by the tope con Hilo. Uh, he hits the uh, combination in the corner, like uh, we see Naito do uh, for a two count. And then uh, Dom flips Lee over the top rope, and Lee kind of gets his leg caught awkwardly and seems to like kind of twist his knee a little. And this allows Dominic to follow up with a DDT on the apron. Uh, he then poses on the top rope and looks at Ray blowing kisses to his father, mocking him, and then does the Eddie Guerrero shimmy and sent on Atomico. And uh, I love this Ray Mysterio yeah. on commentary. Every every indie wrestler uh, should take note here. Ray Mysterio says, "Look, look at Dom. Keeps doing everyone's moves. You know, you should be more creative, be more innovative. Don't steal people's moves." quote Rey Mysterio in I know he's talking about his son but like yeah. Dom this is obviously a joke because Dom the storyline he's he's Eddie's kid and Rey Mysterio and mm -hmm. all that but like why do so many people do the three amigos yeah. like all the time like and coming from Rey who was so innovative like yeah every single match you saw he do something completely new and would never do it again like it's I I don't I don't think Rey Mysterio is trying to be like snipey because he's Rey Mysterio he's like the nicest guy he always looks good by the way he mm. looked like such a G even in crutches but I I think also maybe he was like yo everyone out there stop doing my moves do the 619 that's a nice shout out cool yeah. do it you know I stole that move too but 
figure out your own shit. <laughs> yeah. I think that's what Ray's trying to say. Especially these people who like never met Eddie. I feel there are people now who weren't even alive when Eddie was alive. Yeah. They're like, yeah, Eddie. Um, I love on... Eddie. We love Eddie, but yeah. yeah. Uh, Booker on commentary kept on talking as if Ray wasn't there as well, saying, you know, Dom's done more in his career already than Ray has. And Vic's like, what are you talking about? It's like, well, well, Ray was a five-time cruiserweight champion, but Dom in like his second year is North American champion. And Vic's like, Ray held the world title. What are you talking about? And Ray's right here, sat next to you. And Ray's just too nice to really fight back with Booker. It it's because it, Ray's beat him a few times. Actually, Booker beat Ray for the title. So maybe yeah. Booker's, I don't know. But yeah, that was funny, pretty funny. Booker, I mean, this is an every an evergreen quote here, but Booker Booker was on one tonight. He was on one tonight. <laughs> um, yeah, Dom hits the three amigos. Lee then fights off Dom off in the corner and hits the double stomp to the chest on the apron and both tumble to the floor, make it back into the ring on the nine count. And then Dom gets Irish whipped in the corner, does a headstand like on the turnbuckle and gets super kicked in the mouth. And then Lee follows up with his brother's move, the bull's horns, the drop kick to the corner and then hits another double stomp, this time in the ring, uh, goes to the pin, but Dom gets his hand on the ropes. They both start trading kicks. Um, Lee goes for the Liger bomb, but Dom slips out and hits a sweet-looking power bomb with the stack for a two-count, then catapults Lee in the ropes, uh, goes for the 619, but Lee ducks it, this time connects with the Liger bomb, and then hits Destino for the 1-2-3 and new Dragon Lee wins. Yeah, uh, I know this comes out of the sad story of Wesley on last week's show where he's, you know, injured for a long time. And it's cool that we got Dragon Lee inserted into this match, but I feel like he's already moved on. So this maybe brings him back to NXT. So I don't know how long exactly this reign is. But on the plus side, I think Dom has moved on from from NXT a little bit as well. Like, I, I feel like we've had enough of him and let him go back. I I can't say this was one of the nicest looking Dragon Lee matches. Like Dom definitely still does have a lot to learn when it comes to wrestling. There was a few like slip ups here and there, but, but for the most part, I just thought it was Dragon Lee really beating him up. Like two of those stomps, right? Like he kind of solidified, like I beat Dom, but following along with like the judgment day story, no Rhea Ripley, no mommy. Mm. We are sans mommy here. So that's definitely purposely done to play into like a further storyline. I'm I'm sure like on raw or something. So uh, yeah, I'm happy that maybe Dom is, is kind of gone from NXT, but where this title goes, I'm sure we'll get some crazy matches with like dragon Lee axiom. And, yeah. and there's, there's a few other people for sure, but not, yeah, not, not my match of the night, but it, it was, it was still a fun opener. Yeah. It's just really like unfortunate timing because i think uh yeah. wesley winning this title would have would have this place would have erupted i think yeah. a couple of months ago um when you were telling this story with dragon lee and and dom you'd have got a bigger reaction but it it's just like oh let's just go back to that story we were doing because it it's it's easiest to tie it in and i i completely understand why they do it uh i thought the match was fine i think i think these two actually have pretty good chemistry i definitely think dragon lee is one of dom's better opponents i think he he gets the best out of dom um but i i didn't feel there was a real like crescendo in the match it just kind of all right we've hit our time let's hit our finish and win and i think for for a title that dom's had such a grip on for so long 
I almost would have liked, you know, Judgment Day to try the interference spots and and yeah. Ray taking like getting the belt away from Rhea and and having Dragon Lee win it, overcoming them all would have felt a bit more like triumphant. It just felt like, all right, it's time to take it off Dom now. Yeah, again, I think that will play into story. Like, oh, mommy wasn't there, so that's why I lost. And that that's why you suck, Dom, because you don't have your friends. I'm sure we'll be talking about the same situation come night two of WrestleMania when Roman doesn't have anyone helping him mm. and finally loses the title, you know, maybe. What? The, sorry, WrestleMania next year or the year after? <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, true. Yeah, if he wants to beat Hogan's run, uh, yeah, no finishing the story uh, anytime soon. But yeah. <laughs> So we then have our first Iron Survivor Challenge match of the night. We're starting off with the women, where the winner of this match will be facing Lyra Valkyria at New Year's Evil for the title. And uh, this is a new match type debuted last year. The way it works is it's 25 minutes. You start with two uh, competitors and every five minutes, another person enters the ring until all five are in there. But pinfalls can happen at any point. And if you... Uh, like get pinned or submitted you go to the penalty box for 90 seconds and at the end of the match the winner with the most points the most pinfalls or submissions wins and uh we're starting off with fallon henley did you see her bar rag this time for her entrance i saw her bar rag and i loved the commentary story of now why she's called top shelf they had to literally explain to us yeah you know as a young girl she'd look up at her grandpa's bar at the top shelf and go i'd need to be the top shelf of wrestling yeah, that's what I that's why I go to the bars too. Whenever I look up at the top shelf. I find it funny because I think as a little girl, you're looking at like the but the top shelf tends to be, you know, like your your high-end scotches and things like that. If I'm a little girl, I'm looking at the bright raspberry sourpuss, the blue curacao, yeah. you know, the fancy the fun drinks. I'm no, probably not, not... Alan. She's top oh, that, shelf. That Glen Livet 12. Yeah, that looks good. I am the top shelf and I'm gonna be a wrestler. Uh, so we start off with Fallon Henley and Blair Davenport. And this starts with both of them just trying to catch the other with a early pin. So they're just rolling back and forth with pin attempts. Uh, Fallon hits a like sweet looking leg sweep pin attempt. Um, and then finally, Blair catches Fallon with a big boot to the face, followed by a sliding kick for a two count. And then Fallon pretty much hits Swerve's house call, like the running kick to the side of the face. And a big pick, uh, punch to the face for a two count when we hit the five minute mark and Tiffany Stratton comes out. And I might be wrong. I think this was new music. Oh, no, don't do that to me. You <laughs> do that all the time. And I'm like, uh, this NXT music, like, I don't know. I, I actually didn't notice. So. so now the two heels are teaming up on Fallon. Uh, there's a double arm bar from both of them. They're both throwing Fallon into the barricade. And then Stratton turns on Blair with a super kick to the jaw and then hits a handspring elbow, which she almost overshoots and kind of flips over the turnbuckle. But it actually made it look way more impactful and actually kind of made sense of the cartwheel and the handspring that you're building up all this emotion. Uh, mo- sorry, motion. Um, and then there's an Alabama slam from Tiffany, but Blair this breaks up sick. the pin. 
Yeah. Yo, Tiffany, Tiffany does a like a cartwheel into like a lift up into the Alabama slam. So yeah, I've never seen that before. She is incredible. I- I'm trying to see if it was new music. Someone else, a few people on Twitter also saying the same thing. So maybe it's changed or something, but I, I, I think she needs to be gone from NXT like tomorrow, like t- Monday, because she's got like everything. She was so impressive in this match, but great mm. move. Great move. Blair breaks up the pin and pins Fallon instead. So Blair Davenport is the first on the leaderboard. And then we hit the 10 minute mark. So Kalani Jordan comes out and she hits a cartwheel double elbow uh, to Blair and Tiffany. Uh, remember, Fallon is in the penalty box now and then hits the double drop kick, a.k.a. the kangaroo kick to both of them. And then the one of a kind moonsault to Blair Davenport. But Tiffany breaks it up. Fallon is then let out of the penalty box and goes right after Tiff. Uh, There's a blockbuster from Fallon, followed by Shining Wizard to Tiffany, and Fallon pins Tiffany. Uh, So now it's Fallon and Blair on one point, and Fallon kind of getting a little bit of retribution uh, after her little feud with uh, Tiffany a few months ago. So then uh, Kalani rolls up Fallon for a two count. They're both trading pin, pin attempts back and forth. There's a bridge out from a pin attempt by Kalani. And then uh, Tiff gets out of the penalty box and now goes immediately after Fallon. And then Lash Legend enters the match to a pretty big ovation here. Uh, Bridgeport, a big Lash Legend fan. I mean, yeah, either either people here in Connecticut really are a fan of Lash Legend or maybe they watched last week and that spot with Otis really got people talking. Like, I think that spot really made her, I'd say she wasn't really on anyone's radar since coming to NXT because she hasn't really shown too much in the ring, but post that spot, like, I feel like she's a completely different person going into this match. And I thought she looked pretty good in this match as well. I I agree. Uh, There's a kind of tower doom spot in the corner. Lash takes off like two of them first and then a double superplex to Kalani and Blair, followed by a kip up. She then hits a choke slam on Stratton. And then like we saw Otis do on Tuesday, the choke slam into the power bomb onto Fallon stacks Fallon and Tiffany and gets two points from this pin. Now, I I question this. Because technically, isn't Fallon Henley pinning Tiffany as well? Yeah, 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 she was. She was laying on top of her, but I guess that's the ref counted as Lash. It's like when Roman pinned Danielson and Edge, right? Right. Right, he was sure. like, I just called them both by their wrong names there. But, uh, like, um, it's I guess <laughs> it's kind of the same thing. Got, but, yeah. yeah, pretty much Fallon should have also maybe got a pin. So uh, Lash immediately gets two points and is ahead on the leaderboard. Um, Blair then launches Kalani out of the ring onto Legend. And this is when Metaphor run out. So Noam Dar, Oro Mensa, and uh, Jakara Jackson. And they're blocking the penalty box. So Fallon and Tiffany aren't able to get out of it. So Fallon climbs out the top of the penalty box. And as she's getting her balance, Tiffany climbs up behind her and pushes her off of it, which sends her crashing off of this penalty box through the announce table and then this, tiff this this was funny because you could you could tell they were a little nervous up there like climbing this ridiculous thing and fallon was waiting to be pushed for like so long and mm. tiff is like are, can i do it are you good and fallon's like yeah and started shaking her head like yeah and then she gets pushed. <laughs> but you know you're getting thrown off something yeah. so 
Tiffany then hits a swanton off the box, taking out Metaphor and Blair. And this got the big holy shit chance from the crowd. This looked really yeah, good. Yeah, that was pretty impressive. She has a great looking swanton bomb dive. Lash then hits a splash to Blair for a two count, a splash to Stratton for a two count. And then Kalani jumps off the top rope with a Rana onto Lash, but gets caught in like the powerbomb position. And now Lash is swinging her around, knocking down Tiffany and Blair like a kind of battering ram. And then Kalani counters this into a sunset flip. But as like the, she's trying to like get Lash down to the mat, Tiffany runs in with a double stomp to Kalani, which kind of, kind of moves the pendulum over to the other side and then runs the rope, hits the double stomp to Lash. And then Blair throws Tiffany out, picks up the pin on Jordan. And now it's uh, Blair on two points, Lash on two points and Fallon Henry on one point uh, with uh, Tiffany and uh, Kalani on zero. Uh, Lash then carries around both Blair and Fallon. Um, one on, sorry, I, um, yeah, one on the back, one on the front, and does her move where she bounces them up and down the top and middle rope. I think she needs to eliminate this one. This doesn't yeah, look quite go. as good. Um, and then gets drop kicked by Tiff. And then there's a step over kick from Kalani, like RVD. Kalani Jordan does a lot of Rob Van Dam moves, clearly a fan. One of a kind. And then Kalani counters a suplex with a stunner to Lash Legend, and then a high cross uh, to Lash. And then uh, Tiffany follows up with the prettiest moonsault ever onto Lash Legend. So now Tiff is on the board with one point and Lash is in the penalty box. So she's in there. Remember, it's 90 seconds and there are only 100 seconds left on the board. Kalani hits a 450 splash to both of them, but Fallon breaks up the fall. There's then a single crab from Fallon. And then Blair comes behind her with a sleeper hold. And then Kalani jumps on top of Blair. and then an Blair hits an avalanche German suplex to Kalani, which just turns her inside out and then goes for the big boot on Fallon and gets the pin. So now Blair Davenport is in the lead with three points. Lash comes out of the penalty box with 10 seconds to go and Blair just runs out the ring. And they've added this thing now where the lights are flashing red to do the like countdown that time's running out and Blair just runs down the clock. The bell rings and Blair Davenport is your women's iron survivor. Yeah, a a pretty impressive match. Definitely better than I thought it was going to be, considering there's some people in here who are pretty new to this kind of thing. But Kalani Jordan, especially, and and Lash Legend, like definitely had some spots and moments that like really shined, I I thought. Like, especially Kalani with like some of the fiery moves, like the, the 450 onto two people. You had Lash using her as a weapon and like, Again, was like definitely didn't think it would get to quite this level of like some good athleticism between everyone and definitely helps like showcase some new people because like your your Tiffany's again, I, I see her leaving really soon. So I, I imagine like have one more feud with Fallon and maybe give her the win to give her yeah. some steam here and, and move on up and, and go on to Raw or SmackDown because she she's just waiting to be a bigger star. So yeah, uh, I got into it. There, of course, there was some fun. Again, that that spot up top where she was like, "Can I do it?" Yeah, yeah, do it. Okay, that that was like nitpicking, but like, yeah, there was some good stuff in this. I am shocked at the winner. I think that really sucked the air out of the room because not really the most interesting person. Hell, when it came to this match, she didn't even really do that much memorable stuff. 
Uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm not necessarily as excited to see Blair versus Lyra. And uh, I don't think many of the people in the crowd were either, but as, as Lyra, I'm sorry, as, as Blair is like standing there, she then, she then cuts a promo. They yeah. Say, like, Fuck I, you. <laughs> I, I really like this match. I thought they booked it well, kind of, they had the most experienced women start the match and basically the, the greenest ending the match, but they finally figured it out with Lash Legend, I think. Um, we saw that in that mixed tag on on Tuesday. They, Her impressiveness is her strength and doing these, these big power moves. And I thought they really kind of picked her spots well in the match. I thought everyone had their shine. Um, and I, I really like this concept, actually. I, I really want this to be a match on 2K. I know you and I kind of play our multi-man, Iron Man matches, but I think the... Uh, I think the penalty box sounds gimmicky, but I actually quite like it. Like I like the idea of once Lash was pinned and she's in there, she's like only got 10 seconds to kind of break things up. And I think it allows these moments where you can, you can kind of put three people in the box, like we see in the men's match and go back to the singles match without having, all right, who's sleeping on the outside while people are just having their, their singles match. So I, yeah. I think it's quite good. It's something you can jump off of and things. I, I think so far, like these matches really worked last year and I, I really enjoyed them this year as well. Um, I don't like, I don't like the penalty box thing. Like I know that you have multi people matches and it does, that's usually the spot where it's like, okay, now let them wrestle. We're going to like kind of chill over here and wait for our spot. I, I still much prefer that. Like, I, I think it's literally just another thing for them to like place and to jump off of. But for a once in a year thing, like totally fine. If it, if this was like, okay, we're going to go back to this like, for next Tuesday. Like, no, like I, I, I wouldn't like it as much, but when they add like the lights and the sound effects and like the war games thing, like the the crowd can get super into it. Like, Oh shit. But it's so campy, right? Like it's stuff crowd get into. And I think they do a good way with like the scoreboard on the screen of like making it as clear as possible. Like the little timers and everything. Um, yeah, I, I like it. I, I think this match is fun. Um, I think Blair, it kind of makes sense. She's she's a big heel for Lyra to go against. I think the match will be good. I think Blair Davenport is a good wrestler. I just don't find her character particularly interesting. Yeah. Uh, but this is for New Year's Evil. It's not a PLE. It's like a, one of the featured like Tuesday shows, right? So, um, yeah. yeah. So kind of makes sense. She's the biggest heel. Tiffany's had her time. Uh, I would have liked to see Fallon like a baby face versus baby face, but I, I guess they want a, something a bit more meaty uh, for Lyra. Uh, as you mentioned, after the match, Blair gets on the mic, calls out Lyra Valkyria, who comes out, stands tall with the title, when a returning Cora Jade attacks her from behind and holds up the title, um, indicating that she's going to be going after that as well. She looks different. Yeah, yeah. Been away for four months. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah um eating good she she was rocking the uh sin city jessica alba inspired outfit here the the top with the 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 danglies and the chains just missing a cowboy hat but yeah i mean she heard cm punk was on the show she got on a plane real quick to get down there and also posted later in the night here's the photo you were all waiting for which is (laughs) her and a photo of phil so yeah she's back This post-wrestling podcast is brought to you by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Financial literacy can be daunting, but it's one of the most valuable things you can equip yourself with. On NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast, 
Their trusted financial journalists offer easily digestible conversational discussions on topics like balancing your portfolio. If you think an ETF is one of Cena's five moves of doom, this show might be for you. Planning for your tax bills this April, so you don't have to worry about a visit from Erwin R. Scheister. And putting away more money for retirement, because unlike most wrestlers at the end of their careers, most of us should only plan on retiring once. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. We see Trick and Mello warming up backstage. Mello asks how Trick is. He says he's locked in. And Mello is kind of saying, look, I did this match last year. Iron Survivor is about timing and execution. And Trick tells Mello to take care of Lexus tonight. And Mello says, yeah, he's going to get his. And kind of the undertones throughout this whole conversation is still kind of a lack of trust between the two of them. And we go to our next match. Lexus King versus Carmelo Hayes. Uh, My first note for a Lexus King match is and will always be, as long as he has this facial hair, Lexus King looks fucking ridiculous. Oh, man, he took it to next levels. I got to You got to give this guy all the respect because uh, or not, because, uh, man, if you thought this guy's facial hair was bad and like so ridiculous, like you said, this guy took it to. Yeah, he now has his hair like. Almost Jericho WCW vibes, even yeah. with the gear and everything too. But wow, okay, so his his lineup, his facial hair. Now he's got hair. The blonde locks in the back, but like the front part of it is like also dyed blonde and stuff. But like corn road, like he's yeah. got it braid braided in the place. front kind of thing, and then like the you know party in the back. Uh, no party in the back, party in the front. Really, I don't know what just going party on everywhere. It, but, yeah. But wow, like this guy is like, all right, how do I get people to hate me just by looking at me? He is definitely nailed that. So it's wrestling. You know, he's doing this on purpose. So the the Riz King, uh, as some people call him, I I don't know if he actually is. But wow, what a look. I didn't even think he could top it. But yeah. Uh, Mello comes out with a little bit more of a subdued, understated entrance to normal, which commentary were picking up on. Didn't really seem his usual, like, arrogant self. Uh, Lex is nervous. Sh- That's why, right? Because the whole storyline of what's been going on with the, the the footage and the cameras and stuff. Exactly. Uh, Lexus goes to shake his hands. He's playing up that they're you know mates and they've been in on this attack with Trick Williams together. And Mello slaps it away and says, "No." Uh, there's some nice runners and arm drags from Mello and drop kicks King to the outside. Uh, King goes for a chop and misses and hits the ring post. And this allows Mello to capitalize by just attacking the hand. He's throwing it against the ring steps, against the apron. He's stomping on it. Uh, Mello then goes for a springboard, but gets pushed to the floor and drop kicked through the ropes by King. Uh, King then uh, takes Mello off the ropes and it looks like he's going for like the double stomp, but kind of sort of misses it and gets his shoulder, which looked actually like a pretty nasty landing. 
for Carmelo Hayes here. Yeah, I mean, this move, we saw Dragon Lee use this move twice in the match yeah. with Dom, eventually using it to win. This move is so contrived when done yeah. pr- wrong. Like, yeah. I know this is, everyone talks about this, fans. It's a hot thing where it's like, all right, we'll just stand there holding this, waiting to be hit with a stomp. It's it's very weird. There's only few wrestlers that really like weave it into the story of like why they would be in that position holding it themselves. It's on like the opponent that. as well. It's it's yeah. on the opponent to try and like, oh, I'm trying to pull myself back up on the ropes and get my balance or whatever. But yeah. this look it looked like he just hit the right shoulder and it looked pretty nasty. Uh that there's then a running knee to the back of the head from King and then a series of backbreakers. And King offers his hand again and says, I want you to shake my hand. Like shake the, my hand. Like the guy in the hand. meme. Yeah. <laughs> I want to shake your hand. And Mello goes to shake it, but flips him off and headbutts him in like the, the thigh here, the chest, the, the stomach. Yes. Uh, they're then fighting on the top and both fall off the apron to the floor, which uh, was a pretty cool spot, actually. Looked, looked pretty nasty. Uh, Mello then fires back up, hits his springboard clothesline, his satellite face plant for a two count. Uh, King comes back with a jackhammer. Uh, Mello goes for his springboard DDT, but gets caught with a punch to the face. Um, King goes for his backbreaker again, but kind of misses it. And then this allows Mello to follow up with nothing but net. And Mello puts Lexis King away. He really hit that nothing but net. Yeah. That looked like uh, maybe a receipt or something. He nailed him with it. I'm surprised he didn't get hurt from that one. But yeah, uh, not the most exciting match. Lexus King instantly showing off that he hasn't really, imp- like, hasn't really picked up any kind of sort of good wrestling uh, style. Because I, I, okay, maybe. But you know, in this match, I was waiting for the battle of the flying clotheslines, and we didn't really get that we got mellows but yeah like i thought for sure lexus would would break his out but like you know like maybe better than i thought it was gonna be but nowhere near like i don't even no i don't even think that i, I just thought it was kind of there i'm more interested in i like hating on lexus king so at least they're doing that right but the match itself is also weird because it puts you as a as the viewer like okay but mellow is acting real sus lately so you know he's guilty of something but now Lexus King is taking credit for that attack. So they're going to fight, but it's almost like Melo doesn't even really want to do it. Yeah. Like, it's, they it's are friends. The, the, yeah. Everything felt a little off. I think. Yeah, um, yeah. I think King, this is the most we've seen from him in ring since coming to NXT. And I'd say it's one of those matches where it's one of the better Lexus King matches we've seen, but unfortunately one of the weaker Carmelo Hayes yeah. matches we've seen and you're completely right the crowd just like like Lexus King is a clear heel who we want to boo Mello is a guy who is a baby face but we don't trust him right now so we can't get fully behind and even the way Mello is presenting himself deliberately is I'm not gonna be overly flashy or my usual flamboyant self because I'm stuck in this kind of weird story at the moment and just the, the the placement of matches as well. You're going okay. Well, if you are actually fighting, I can't. I can't then believe it will be super Russo yeah. if if after you fought, it's like aha, we are working together. So yeah, it kind yeah. of already just takes. All right, well maybe Mello and him weren't working together. So I thought it was just okay. Uh, this yeah, one. yeah, a bit of a bump in the road because the storyline for those not familiar is like 
the the footage of the cameras, the security cameras shows him following trick into a room. So you assume, well, you did attack him and then text the texting and Carmelo texting. But then he also cuts a promo after his match. And he does. He says, uh, he said, Mello, that was a hell of a match. Uh, and it wasn't me who attacked trick Williams, but thank you for the PLE spotlight, my friend. So it's like, uh, Oh my God. It's like King just took, uh, claim this. Cause it's like, you know what? I want to be on the pay-per-view. I want, I want that sweet PLE, um, like get seen by more people, get a yeah. perform in an arena, get that little Bigger PLE check. pay bump. And that's why I've been fucking with you all this time. Again, uh, the, the best like anti Riz thing. Thanks. I just jobbed out in eight minutes, but thanks, man. I really appreciate you getting me on the pay-per-view. You beat me clean and destroy. You kicked my ass. Mm. <clears throat> I will say when in the beginning of the match as the bell rang, uh, like Mello's got like some some sweet braids in his hair as well, and the reason Mello beat the absolute shit out of him was because right before they like locked up, Lexus was like, "Look at my braids, they're better than yours." And Mello was like, "Shut the fuck up!" <laughs> and just started beating the hell out of him. So yeah, I was not allowed allowed. I was not uh, like about to let this man disrespect Mello that much. So I'm happy he won. But yeah, just so ridiculous. This guy is literally like laughing and happy that he lost in eight minutes here it's like what are you all right i i love hating this guy so well it looks like he's still going to be involved in this story because he says he knows who did it so he's going to be the kind of nicky cross in this storyline where i uh, know yeah exactly he's the one they're trying to gonna try and get it out of yeah so then this kind of like shocks mellow he's like "Uh uh-oh this guy could like expose me again us the viewer we're all under the impression it's mellow and obviously we'll I think lead to that reveal, but yes, there's a bit of a, a bit of a like bump in the road for this storyline. I'd still, I'd still say maybe the, the who shot trick Williams is better than who's the devil, but oh, 100%. Yeah. But like I, this was, this was not, this was not uh, helping it. It's case mm. uh, for sure. Let's for, we'll forget about this part of it. Uh, we then get Cora Jade interviewed backstage. She says, a lot of women were shocked to see me back and not ready to see me back, but I gave them four months to get ready, and I think I made my intentions clear. I'll see you on Tuesday. Um, so, yeah, just still kind of playing this mean girl uh, gimmick, but uh, I hope it works out this time around because I, I haven't been impressed with Cora Jade um, in this role, but uh, she's had a bit of a break. Maybe she's improved a bit. We'll see you on Tuesday. Yeah, uh, I hope the break uh, helped her also get a bit better in the ring because she's got like an attitude. She's got a definitely a presence and some mic work, but the wrestling was always something that struck. I ever since the paper skateboard, man, definitely haven't let that go. So she's got a lot to uh, ride in on. Uh, we then get a commercial confirming that Vengeance Day will be on February the 4th at, in Clarksville, Tennessee. Uh, we'll be making our way to Clarksville. Take the last train to Clarksville. I love that song by the monkeys. Where is Clarksville? Where? Sorry. Tennessee. Clarksville, Tennessee. Let's go. Is that close to Graceland? Can we like Nashville? Can we like do both? Yeah. Do both, maybe. All yeah, right. I so like, Jan- I like Tennessee. Yeah, it's a good, it's a good spot. Uh yeah. Jan- February 4th. So 10 days before Valentine's Day. So mm-hmm. I'm excited. Uh, Trick tells Mello backstage that he owes him an apology. He says, I should never have let King get between us. And you whipped his ass. And Mello says, you know the deal. Trick's like, what? He's like, whoop that trick. 
So uh, they seem to be pals again for now. Uh, I don't say that. As soon as Trick walks off, the camera stays on Mello. And again, his face changes and he's acting very suspicious. Very suspicious, y'all. Mm. I don't trust Mello. I'm still sticking with that. It's Mello because no friend would act that way. Why would he act all quiet and like scared and nervous? And he's going to keep acting like this because Lexus King has threatened to reveal the attack. So watch it just be like someone else and it's like uh, it, all of this leads to nothing but also shout out the youtube chat tonight ryn appreciates your monkeys reference and <laughs> it's a banger i love that song man i love the monkeys yeah. and dj depression says it's close to nashville it's a small city and let's go all right you going who's let's going go. and next up next meet up in clarksville yeah we then go to our men's Iron Survivor Challenge where the winner will face the NXT champion at New Year's Evil. Uh, Dijak enters first and Josh Briggs second. And uh, these are big lads wrestling, but doing a lot of smaller guys moves with the kind of leapfrogs and drop downs and drop kicks. Uh, Briggs catches Dijak's foot and flips him back, landing on his feet, which I found quite funny because... As he's doing this, Booker T's like, yeah, these guys remind me of JBL. And Vic is like, JBL never did that. Yeah, Vic just buries JBL here. I was yeah. laughing at that. It was so funny. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah, Briggs and, like, I get what he means because, like, they're both big yeah. and kind of hosses, especially Briggs being the country boy and stuff. But, yeah, yeah as he's saying this. It was the timing doing, of like, the line. Yeah, they're it? doing, like, all this crazy shit. And Vic just shuts him down and is like, no, man, no, you're, you're, you're talking out your ass. There's a big boot in the corner from Briggs and a pounce uh, for a two count. Period. Uh, period. Uh, uh, Dijak hits, like, the fall of heaven, the sit-out chokeslam for a two count. Uh, Briggs comes back with a cyclone boot for a two, and then Dijak hits the feast your eyes to pin Briggs for the first point right on the five minute mark. So, uh, so Briggs goes into the penalty box, and Tyler Bate comes out. Uh, he, Tyler Bate's hitting the exploder in the corner. He does the airplane spin to Dijak. Uh, Briggs then comes out of the box and hits a big boot to Dijak, followed by a big clothesline throws bait out the ring and gets his like retribution shall we say on mm. die picking up the pin here um and then briggs just goes right after bait he's throwing him against the penalty box goes for another big boot but gets caught up on the top rope allowing bait to come in with the flying uppercut uh Dijak then comes out the penalty box as tyler is hitting the tyler driver 97 which Dijak breaks up but bait then catches up Dijak with a roll up and pins him. Uh, so now it's one apiece. And Dijak, before making his way to the penalty box, just punches Bait in the face. Uh... And Bait falls down onto Briggs, who had just been hit by the Tyler driver. But the referee is too distracted to make the count as he's trying to get Dijak out the ring. He turns round and counts one, two, but Briggs kicks out. See, was out. he the same ref? As yeah, the, the one before maybe. because they didn't count it when Fallon did it, but they yeah. counted it here. So, um, but uh, so now Trick enters the ring. Trick just comes in, uh, like with these hot leg lariats, flying shoulder block. Uh, Dijak comes back out the box and Trick clothesline Dijak, which Ooh. causes him to catapult bait, which was a pretty cool spot. This and was, then, this this is you're you're definitely underselling. Like I thought, the crowd was pretty loud the whole show, but. Right away, Trick Williams got the B 
biggest reaction during his entrance. Vic Joseph was mid-sentence talking to Book, and Book just goes, shut shut the fuck up. I need to do the ad-libs here. And he goes, what? Yeah. And the place fucking like yeah. went so loud. They were jumping out their seat. And then to do that move, like so – who, who, someone was on their knees. It's like poetry in motion almost, right? Like air sabu with a partner. Oh, that, that's in a little bit. This was where oh, Dijak okay. kind of had bait, like in the catapult position, and Trick oh. just delivers this huge close like, line. Right away, yeah. Catapulting. He just yeah. comes in, and like the crowd were just going absolutely crazy for him. So, like, he felt like the biggest star on this show. He got a bigger reaction than anyone else. Uh, he then hits the pop up uppercut on bait, and this is where he then jumps off of Briggs's. Briggs is back wow. with this huge clothesline, which just looked great. Uh, yeah, Bait brings back a few times. Bait breaks up that pin. Uh, Bait then does the airplane spin on Trick. Uh, doesn't quite get the speed we used to see, and Trick slips out of it. And Trick does an airplane spin on his own to Bait, and Bait slips out of that, and then does the airplane spin again on Trick. And this time he's getting the speed, the rotations, yeah. and does the Cesaro UFO. UFO where he puts his hands on his hips and sends him flying. Uh, this was great. Very Dijak- impressive. Like, considering Bait is smaller than Trick, like, a lot. Like, Bait mm. is significantly shorter than him. Trick has got a lot more weight on him. And to do that spot, like, spinning him, yeah, he didn't do it quite like Cesaro, like, whipping him around. But, wow, that was very impressive. I hope he – because this one's like the torture rack instead of the fireman yeah. thing. Oh, it's so impressive. Uh, Dijak breaks up the pin. Uh, Bait then hits a tope suicida to Briggs and the rebound lariat to Williams and then hits the Tyler driver 97, pinning Trick. So now Bait is the leader. He's on two points. Dijak on one, Briggs on one, Trick on zero. When Bron Breaker enters best spear in the business, he hits the spear to Briggs immediately and pins him. Bait goes for his rebound lariat, but gets caught with the spear, pins him. Dijak jumps off the set, the top rope and gets speared midair, pins him. So Bron is immediately, within like 20 seconds, the leader with three points. Uh, Trick wow. then comes out of the penalty box and they're going toe-to-toe, uh, Bron and Trick. Um, Bron gets Trick in the Steiner recliner. As we see Briggs, Dijak, and Bait are just all fighting in the penalty box. Uh, there's then the bookend from Trick, but Bron rolls out of the ring, and everyone's on floor on the floor and out of the box now. And Trick flies off the top rope with a high cross, taking them all out. And then there's this big boot from Dijak to Trick for a fall. So now Bron's on three, Bait's on two, Dijak's on two, Briggs on one, Trick still on zero. Nil. Yeah. Bron then hits the Frankensteiner onto Dijak, but it flies him into a Tyler driver and Bait gets another fall. So now Bait and Bron are tied as the leaders with three apiece. Uh, this was a pretty cool spot. Like Bait yeah. was catching in midair here. This was in the, the, the video games. Rey Mysterio, who used to do this? Rey Mysterio, Batista in the video games. Okay. They, they created this move. It's it, Obviously, it's like the sit-out Batista bomb, right? But... Yeah. You got to the timing on it. You got to be pretty slick to catch a guy like that. Morrison and Miz, I think, used to do it too. Pretty impressive. right. Uh, Braun then hits this huge gut buster and uh, hits the from the second rope, like the moonsault fall away slam to bait, which I don't think we've seen Braun do to do before. But yeah, very, very hangman guy. Yeah. 
Uh, but Briggs breaks up, breaks up the pin. There's the bop and bang to Briggs. And then Dijak and Briggs go for a double clothesline to Bait. But Bait ducks and Briggs and Dijak uh, like hit each other. But then they climb the top rope and both at the same time hit these double moonsaults and both pick up a pinfall at the same time. So now there's four minutes left on the clock. Bates on three, Breakers on three, Briggs is on three, Dijak's on two, and Trick, and trick on zero. <laughs> still on zero. So we're going, what's going on? Uh, Briggs and Dijak then both go for a big boot, but they miss and take each other out. Uh, Bron and Trick are out of the box, and Williams is going into the ring, but Bron pulls him back and spears him through the barricade. Uh, Dijak then chokeslams Bron through the table, and uh, Trick manages to get back in the ring, rolls up Briggs for a three count. So Trick is finally on the board. Uh, Dijak then hits the feast your eyes to Trick, goes for the pin, but Eddie Thorpe runs out and pulls Dijak out. Uh, I felt maybe the crowd, not all of these watch week to week because they didn't have an idea who Eddie Thorpe was. You know, I as yeah, as much as that's obviously a factor, I also think just like it was getting too like chaotic already. You didn't need this like at all. I know they want to further that feud and the guy whipped his tree and stuff, but like it kind of everyone's just like, oh right, yeah, okay. yeah. Uh, but then it it picks up right away because Trick rolls up Dijak for a three count. Bait comes off the top with a spiral tap, uh, but Dijak rolls up Bait for the three. And now, so, uh, now you've got, um, like, sorry, sorry, Trick gets the three count here. So now you've got Bait, uh, Breaker, Briggs, and Trick, I believe, all on three. Uh, Bron comes back in the ring, and Trick Williams just flies in out of nowhere with a, a Roderick Strong-esque flying knee and pins Bron Breaker with two seconds left on the clock. So Trick, in, like, the last three minutes of this match, picks up four pinfalls, wins the Iron Survivor, um, and will be challenging the NXT champion at New Year's Evil. Yeah, they say that both winners of this will face at New Year's Evil. And yeah, what an incredible like match. But the last few minutes were just so fast-paced and action-packed. Like the, the, the fact that he hit the knee and pinned Braun with legit four seconds before the clock hit. Like, the, like you always get nervous when they do these kinds of things, because, you know, sometimes they don't always work out. Uh, I'm thinking back to WrestleMania 16 with the the candy jar, but like they nailed it here. And again, trick was the superstar in this match held this, this show. And to have that spot with him, like not getting any points. I thought the crowd kind of turned on the match for a second when trick got pinned pretty early. Mm. when he was in the match and the crowd were like booing, like what, why would you do that? And I think it was all just to be like, look, he got pinned. He's not even getting any points. You think, you think this guy is just shouldn't even be in this match. You know, he's clearly the, clearly the Genetti of mellow trick, mellow gang, but then roll up gets another one. It's very similar to uh, what was it? The survivor series match with Ziggler when sting came out and stuff yeah. like it was like all of a sudden, boom, boom, boom. He's, he's got that like, next gear that inner demon coming out and just like the final with Braun, like pinning Braun with the knee is definitely like cementing him even it, bigger, but the crowd erupted. It tied into, you know, what Mello said to him earlier as well. It's timing and precision. And it's just his, his timing, these last three minutes, just being there to get all these pins. Yeah. And as you said, like we've, there's the, uh, 
was it the Adam Cole MJF match where like the bell went and the they were saying like oh it's the, the time limit or whatever I, I'm trying to remember the one but there was one where like a tap out happens just after the bell or something and but this we had the clock on the screen the entire time so you could yeah. literally see the timing and do they had lights. Like- yeah, they had yeah. lights, red lights going off, and the people just were think, screaming. Doing something like a flying knee, he could have just come in, tripped over, missed it, not got the pin. Like it's, yeah, it's. I thought they did it so well, and this crowd, this felt like a takeover level crowd here. Like they were so hot for this. Thought the final five minutes especially were electric, but I, I really enjoy it. It definitely is the most like a video game. This like stipulation, this I think, because yeah, yeah. it's just spamming finishes, like breaking up pinfalls. Like you hit your move, you think you've won it, but then someone pulls you out, breaks up the pin. I think it's really fun. Um, yeah, I, I, lo- this was my match of the night for sure. Oh, easily match of the night. I mean, the women's one was pretty good too, but this one definitely got got even further with the last like jaunt with Trick Williams pinning everybody and winning it, and the crowd just erupting. Like the crowd definitely helped this. I'd say the match really started to get cooking when Trick came in because it just the sound went from like, okay, these two big guys, you know, doing some cool moves. And then just like, oh, man, you could hear people screaming. And like to think like Trick was just the on his first impression in NXT definitely wasn't, uh, you know, leaving too much of an impression. But now, like fast forward, like, wow, he's he's completely picked up and and made it his own he's got a little bit of everything like the look he's got the wrestling he's got a bit of everything and i I could see this guy being a a pretty big star in wwe and just like wow i i I know no one else got the reaction this guy got and there was no other way you could have went with this without him winning because like the 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 match is at new year's evil right so him versus Ilya is also like following in the footsteps of the storyline for anyone who's been following for the past year, because yep. he's had his match in his feud with Ilya where Ilya is like, you're not ready yet. And he's already earned he's... Ilya's respect, hasn't he? In their yeah, last match. Yeah. So, so uh, it could go, it could go, it could go one or two ways with the new year's evil thing. It could be like, Hey, Melo's going to come out and cost his friend the match being like, yeah, I attacked you. Or like, like I, I don't think trick necessarily beats Ilya for the title, but in some way, shape, or form, in another scenario, like that would be fucking crazy if Trick could be the one to like beat Ilya. It could all be a ruse. He was never attacked. He just wanted the spotlight on him. He no one attacked him. I just wanted to be famous, and that's how I beat. But I don't think that he's a he's a babyface, like pure babyface right now. I think we're getting a classic uh, NXT trope going to happen. I I think I think Trick will beat Ilya, and. Mello didn't come out to celebrate here with Trick either, which was like, hmm. But I can see it ending, New Year's Evil ending, with the graphic coming up, Mello coming out, celebrating with his friend, the new champion, and then taking him out. Oh. And, that, and that will be your um, probably uh, Tennessee and then probably your Mania, Mania main event. Uh, yeah, yeah, what absolutely. What is standard deliver. Uh, you Again, know what? Ha- I also... Yeah. Sorry, I was going to say, I really enjoyed... Briggs and Dijak as well. As much as I love Briggs and Jensen, we feel there's maybe a bit of tension between those two. I'd love to see Briggs and Dijak as a team because they're they're very similar with their moveset, like big lads who can, you know, do top rope moonsaults and things. And yeah. I actually really enjoyed watching them work together in this match. So that's a pairing I Yeah, it was like super cool for Briggs, like giving getting that opportunity, uh, singles opportunity too, like showing the world that he is capable of some great stuff. So I, I thought everyone in this match was 
was doing the most that they could and definitely definitely was the show stealer in this this ple because like yeah they're, they're the back and forth between all of them like bait was in there he's the vet who can like help orchestrate a lot of cool spots and like that that uh spin out spiral tap at the end like when things were already going crazy then you have tyler bait doing that like insane yeah. move which just like people are like what the you can see people in the crowd who've never seen that move before who are like whoa uh so yeah uh hats off to to these fine people because uh these these five guys definitely put on uh, one hell of a match here so good stuff uh then backstage we see metaphor briggs jensen fallon uh, they're all yakking at each other. Get into a bit of a scrap. I imagine this is setting up for a match on Tuesday. They announced it. Yes, they, they have announced. announced okay. uh, I think it's um, Noam and Mensa versus the tag team. Okay. Uh, we then go to our cage match. Kiana James taking on Roxanne Perez. Uh, they've been feed it, uh, feuding for quite a while. They had their Devil's Playground match at uh, at Halloween Havoc. And they had the unfortunate job of following that men's eye and survive the match. Yeah, imagine like the again, the crowd were so high, so hot, and for this match they came right back down. Even for a cage match, they were for just cage. pretty quiet. And and I was beat too, man. I was like, whew, uh, I don't know, I don't know what to what to do after that. So they were definitely put in a rough spot. So Kiana goes to catapult Roxanne against the cage, but Perez counters it and sends Kiana crashing face first. Um, Roxanne goes for a high cross, but gets caught and slammed against the cage. At one point, Perez gets her hand caught in the cage and Kiana's just kicking it repeatedly. She then delivers a spine buster on Rox. Uh, Perez leaps off the second rope with a Fez press and then slams James face, uh, face first into the cage. And now Rox climbs to the top of the cage. Kiana goes after her. They're both on top. They're kind of punching each other. They then kind of work their way back down to the ring with no one taking that big bump. Um, and Kiana power bombs um, Roxanne. Uh, Kiana then slams Rox against the cage in the power bomb position, but gets countered into pop rocks. Uh, this looked good. The the power bomb into the pop rocks I thought looked pretty sweet. Yeah, I felt like for a lot of the beginning of this match, it was just kept, they kept banging each other into yeah. the cage. So this felt like the final, like the first move, sorry, like the first, like, wow, they actually did something other than just like, yeah. ah, throw him into the cage. Kiana then tries to, crawl, tries to crawl out of the ring, but Roxanne grabs her, but James has grabbed a steel chair. Perez gets it off of her, starts lighting up James with chair shots, and then goes to crawl out the cage herself, but... Uh, someone in a hoodie slams the door against Roxanne's head and reveals herself to be, I was like, oh, they've rehired Lacey Evans, but no. Oh, I it, thought it was Tiffany. It's Izzy Dane. Um, we saw in the women's breakout tournament. Again, oh, yeah. not a, uh, no reaction from this crowd. Uh, Man, here. if they didn't know who Eddie Thorpe was, yeah. Bridgeport had no idea. It took me, I, I legit, saw the the interference and i went oh it's tiff and then like a bit time went on and i'm like oh wait no it's not oh that's okay all right so yeah a bit of look it's 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 great that they we found a new g we, yeah we poured one out for g last week but i don't know if this was maybe the best way to do it but right away i guess people saw her on this show that didn't see her before but yeah it was very quiet like no reaction pin drop and oh and vic joseph bless him 
but he's like, oh, and that's he's like explaining like it's this big thing. It's like, dude, no, come on, that's Izzy Dave. <laughs> yeah, it's like, who is it again? Yeah, I, I, I Jane said of her. Yeah, yeah, she was she was fine. I think she went out yeah. in the first round, didn't she? But yeah, but like she's got a, I know she's got a look. I thought she was Tiffany, but like she's got a look. Maybe maybe this will like work out for both her and Kiana. So yeah. at the end of the day, it's like not a bad thing. It's just like yeah, the timing of it was mm. yeah. Uh, Kiana then hits like a kind of eat defeat sort of move using the steel chair and pins Roxanne Perez. Um, this was fine. I I really think they should have just put this on NXT on Tuesday in the next couple yeah. of weeks. Uh, build it up as a bigger thing. You could have you'd have had a like politer reaction to the debut. Yeah, we don't normally have this many matches on a takeover or like an NXT special. Don't you dare call any- it a takeover. Anyway, so I. And I kind of think as hot as like the two Iron Survivor matches were, I don't think it really needed to be on the show. Um, I, I, I was very confused at, at why this was added because it was this show felt like it went later than NXT usually goes. Right. Like this went right up went, to like went five three, to eleven. Yeah. 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 Like just shy of three hours. So I was really feeling the exhaustion during this one. I, I didn't really care for this match. And I like Roxy. I like Kiana, but you're absolutely right. If this was on Tuesday, it would have got a way better reaction. I think it would have been a lot more fresher, but it kind of got lost in the shuffle here, especially with the Izzy reveal that that will work better with the NXT crowd in Florida. But yeah, maybe maybe my low point of uh, the show. Cage matches can be really restricting and there are like talents that can overcome that. Obviously you had that incredible like Young Bucks, Lucha Brothers cage match and things like that. But in general, like they had a really fun like Devil's Playground match with all the gimmickry and stuff. But there's there's only so much you can really do in a cage and especially in this PG era. And it was just dull when we just had such a electric like bang, 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 bang kind of match. And then this is Throwing you against the cage. Now you throw me against the cage. Yeah, I can't stand it. It's so yeah. boring. It's it's just like do a normal match if that's the the, the point. Like if you just uh, yeah, uh, but uh, we'll we'll see where it goes. I have hope for Kiana and Roxy in NXT and WWE. So uh, it's just a little bit of a, a little bump in the road. Uh, they also aired a commercial for the breakout tournament, the men's tournament, which does start this Tuesday, I believe, with some familiar faces. Uh, so I'm not sure which matches are specifically happening this Tuesday, but it looks like it will be kicking off on Tuesday. And then also shout out the hives for their song countdown to shutdown, which I guess right. is fitting considering it's deadline, but the hives, they've done some uh, wrestling themes, right? Chrissy, Chrissy Hemi. I think. Okay. Right. Gotcha. We then go to the NXT championship match, Ilya Dragunov taking on Baron Corbin, uh corbin comes out on a motorbike uh i'm sorry but like unless you're gonna ride that motorbike fast ride it we've seen it like when undertaker came out recently he's walking it nowadays back in the day he'd zoom down that ramp zoom around the ring it's it's surely easier just to walk than than walking this bike to the ring it just looks yeah It does. It does seem pretty goofy. Like if this guy legit rides motorcycles in it every day, then like, why not? I just there maybe there wasn't any room to do it. Like, is it a work hazard or something? But I mean, it does look. Taker used it to do goofy. it in arenas, didn't he? Like, this is an arena. It's not the yeah. studio they film in. But look, even Chuck Palumbo looked cooler on a motorcycle making his entrance. So like, really, Corbin. And I don't know what's going on with the jacket. Is he like Doctor Shivago walking a motorcycle? With his burn the ship shirt on, I'm just like, what are you trying to be? 
be right now. I really don't understand. But uh, yeah, shout out Sino, uh, who went to quickly run to the washroom before this match in the venue and was not allowed to go back to his seat until this entrance. And Sino got a great video on his Twitter at Sino Evil where they're basically security's like, wait, stop. And then the curtain opens and out comes Corbin walking his his little Tonka truck motorcycle thing. <laughs> just and then drives off for his entrance. But Sino's just like, yelling, yeah, Baron, burn those ships. <laughs> burn the ships. It's pretty funny. Uh I mean, this guy, uh, if he if if he's on the next PLE, if he's on another pay-per-view, his big entrance should be coming out on a burning ship. Like he should be on a ship that like comes Burn. out and it's on half of it's on fire and he gets off like that would be epic but this guy just looks like like play wrestler walking a motorcycle to the ring like just sitting on it kicking his legs like he's fred flintstone it's very weird there are corbin fans in in bridgeport because there were let's go corbin corbin sucks chance i think sino and frank might be might have been on the let's go corbin side yeah for sure uh, <laughs> We get into the match. There's repeated headlock takeovers from Corbin and Corbin clotheslines Ilya to the outside. Ilya then Corbin's uh, clotheslines Corbin to the floor. And there's a German suplex from Ilya to the floor. Uh, Corbin then delivers a gourd buster on the table. And Vic is saying how, look, this table has been broken twice tonight. So we've reinforced it. And that's probably going to hurt Ilya a lot more. Uh, Corbin's now just dominating the match match uh Ilya goes for his top rope sent on but corbin moves uh now Ilya's just ribs are all beaten up uh corbin comes off the top rope with a big clothesline and counters a suplex into a ddt and picks up Ilya and says you wanted a hug well you got it obviously the end of nxt last week was <laughs> uh Ilya freaking out corbin by hugging him delivers this big uranage to uh to Ilya. And then a dragon sleeper, which he turns into a gut buster. Now, uh, delivers another dragon sleeper, but Dragonoff is fighting back with some knees to break the hold. Uh, Corbin goes for a choke slam, but Ilya breaks it with a knee to the shoulder and then comes flying in with him to knees to the ribs. So Ilya is now back in the race. He this time hits the senton, but it does a lot of damage to his own ribs. And now Corbin just delivers this big punch. Ilya comes back, back with one of his own. And then Corbin just delivers this huge standing close. Sorry, Ilya delivers this clothesline like to the side of the neck, which looked brutal. And now, now this flurry of chops. He hits face washes in the corner, hits the German suplex for a two. Uh, Corbin comes back with a choke slam off the top rope but only a two count applies the dragon sleeper again, but Ilya gets out of it, delivers a death Valley driver goes for torpedo Moscow, but gets caught in the deep six. Now Corbin delivers a DVD of his own followed by a brain buster, but only a two. He goes for end of days, but it's blocked. And now Dragonoff tries to powerbomb Corbin, but can't quite get him all the way up. He falls to the mat mm. But then deadlifts him back up and this time delivers a jackknife powerbomb, uh, goes to the top and clearly Shane McMahon's his favorite wrestler, hits the coast to coast. But Ilya's ribs are in so much pain. He then delivers one H-bomb, two H-bomb, a third H-bomb. And now he picks up Corbin, hugs him and whispers to him. 
and then delivers the torpedo Moscow, putting him away one, two, three in uh, what was this? 20 minutes, 55 seconds. Ilya Dragunov retains. Thank God. <laughs> so uh, what did he whisper? I said last week, uh, it's like the end of Lost in Translation, but here it's like you shouldn't have mentioned my family or something like that. Probably, I yeah, I'd imagine yeah, so. Yeah. So we need more hugs in wrestling. We got two hugs in this match. So more yeah. hugs in wrestling. I like that. Kissing was the hot thing like a year ago in wrestling. But yeah, hugs. let's bring hugs back in. Hugs are nice. Also, I love a good hug. Yeah, hug your friends, people. I, I like to hug people. Uh, if you're if you're a family and a friend, I always hug you. We we are huggers here at Up Next. But um, yeah, I, I didn't really care about this match. I didn't really get into it like I usually do when Ilya Dragunov. This reminds me of like when Danielson came back from injury, and I'm like, oh my god, I'm so excited. This guy's gonna just tear it up in WWE. And then they're like, anyways, his first feud with Big Cass, and I'm like, all right. Like here, it's like Ilya's the champ, and I feel like we haven't gotten aside from Mello like proper opponents for him. So they mm -hmm. went with the main roster guy, obviously Corbin, not one of my favorite wrestlers. I'm sure he's a really swell guy. He looks like a cool guy, but like his wrestling, man, is just so boring for me. And I got to give him props for doing dragon sleepers on the mad dragon. I got to give him props for trying brain busters, but I, I still just like could not get into it. And I, I think the crowd felt a bit fatigued as well. Like the crescendo of the crowd never got back to, where it was earlier in the night, like even the opening matches and stuff. But like, I, I, I would say, I, I think going into this, I was going to say it's probably going to be one of Baron's best matches, but probably one of Ilya's worst. And I, I still kind of feel that way after watching it. So now I'm like, yeah, what's, what's next for Ilya? Cause if it's trick, it's like, we've seen that as well. And going forward, maybe the title goes off Ilya. I'm just not sure, but yeah, like this, this one def definitely wasn't uh, my match of the night, but I, I got I, you do got to give Corbin props for trying new stuff and, and trying to bring it as Ilya brings it to people. But I, I wouldn't say it got to like literally anywhere and I never want to watch it again. So I'll give it that. <laughs> yeah, I think there's just such a stink on Corbin now. I, I kind of so sticky. I, I think like I I don't think he's as bad as people make him out to do. The guy can wrestle like he went. 20 minutes here he's hitting moves like it's but and like i do like his promos like i think he is genuinely hateable and i think in a time when you got like a lot of you know like cool heels um he's definitely not one of them like he is someone who gets hate but uh yeah i uh it was fine i'm, I'm with you I'm, I'm ready to have like exciting feuds for Dragonoff. this this should have been a tv main event more than like a, a ple uh, but I, I thought Corbin did put his working boots on. Um, but yeah, I, I'd have probably ended with your, um, I'd have probably ended with, you know, the men's iron survivor in hindsight, because that was so hot. And then have Ilya coming out, holding up the title with Trick, rather than what we had here was Trick coming out and standing tall, uh, facing Ilya to end the night. But, you know, I thought uh, this was better than their first match, but still not really... Um, not really doing it for me. And I think it is just like, it's been so many years of Baron Corbin at this point, And I don't think he could have like the greatest match of the year. And I, I still think everyone would be like, eh, but it's Baron Corbin. Yeah. I don't even want to be like, Oh, it's fun and cool to just hate on this guy. It's like, no, he's genuinely really boring. He's, he's very, he puts me to sleep. I was in a great mood until this match. Actually it was the cage match that probably brought me down, but this one, let, let, I stayed at that level for this. Cause this is your main event. 
This is your world title match. Fire Frank showed me he, in a message he got the shirt for the event, and it's got Baron Corbin on it. And I'm like, yeah. Frank, uh, I can tell you a place to get better shirts. Uh, it's very, very like funny that this guy is still getting these opportunities. But yeah, I hope we can not see him in NXT anymore because uh, he he doesn't really do much for me as a fan. But uh, I, again, bless him for trying. But I want to see Dragonov. In fact, I want to see Dragonov move away from NXT too. So. The whole trick mellow thing, if it is for the title, that that wouldn't be a bad way to get Ilya out of here because the end game is Ilya versus Gunther at the bash in Berlin later this year. And like, that's what the people need and what the people want in Germany. Like, let's go for that. So we still have months to get Ilya on the main roster and then like in a rivalry with Gunther, which I hopefully they can they can go to. But yeah, I want I want some killer match this guy is insane this guy is in, is one of the best wrestlers in this company and i i want to see some of the best wrestling and i didn't get that from him tonight but i don't think it was his fault yeah i know on is it smackdown they've got a surprise like nxt entrant to enter this u.s title tournament i wonder if you could maybe put Ilya in there and like you know then you've got Ilya as the u.s champion gunther as the ic champion and you could lead to something down the road with those two perhaps uh because i i do think maybe it's best for the story to just get this get this title on trick at this point yeah uh the, the trick is the star of this show as much as i'm i'm loving off dragonov who is in fact delta bell the best wrestler probably in this company right now it's like trick is the superstar like trick is the the crowd favorite, the people's champion right now, the uncrowned champion. So it does make things a little interesting for that New Year's Evil show. I, I will be honest. That is a pretty good, like, like Trick winning and Ilya retaining. I'm like, okay, that means they got to fight a little. And and Trick is just keeps getting better. I feel like just as a fan, he's like a like a sponge because when he had his feud with Ilya, that like he picked up some things from from wrestling someone like that. You 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 do that. I'm assuming as a wrestler and. I feel like Trick has just been picking up little by little and like will be a megastar. Him and Mello will be running WWE in some way, shape, or form. Ilya too, man. Like this, there's some good crop here in NXT. And I can't wait to see where they end up and, and go. Like watching NXT is is interesting because you could be behind someone and then like they disappear or they don't really make it someplace. But the the latter is like watching these people like work on their craft and you know, iron out some some things and then just become like mega stars in in wwe raw and smackdown and i i see some some stars in this crop that will will be those things like your tiffany's your Ilya's, your mellows and tricks and uh yeah uh, so overall like I, di- I i didn't mind the show i think going into this show i had the least hype for an nxt ple in quite a while i mean maybe a bit more than some of the 2.0 era but this this card definitely still delivered because that that the, both Iron Survivor challenges were were pretty good, so definitely still worth checking out. Absolutely, I, I think absolutely check out those two Iron Survivor matches, especially the men's. I I really enjoyed this show. I thought the crowd were really hot throughout. Um, as I said, I, I think if you took the um, if you removed the cage match, I think people might have been a bit more hot for the main event. And you know, just just keeping it a tight two and a half hours, I think would have would have really worked for this, but. Um, I think NXT is in a good place right now. I, I think they've really built up a cast of characters that that people are into right now. And the, the wrestling has come on so much. And I think one of their calling cards right now are these 
sort of multi-man matches. We had that fantastic four-way a couple of weeks ago. And then like these matches tonight, um, they, they seem to book them really, really well. So I had fun tonight. I think it, it's for me, it ended up being on the higher end. Uh, and if, if you could have had more of an interesting main event, I think this would have been a, a killer. Yeah, if it had a, a more solid main event, like even if if it was like, you know, and maybe not an Axiom or Nathan Frazier, I don't think they're at that level quite yet. But like someone like a wild card kind of thing where I don't think anyone really thought that Baron Corbin was going to win this no. one. But uh, yeah, uh, still still a sh- solid show. And the Iron Survivor challenges, the Iron Survivor challenge might not be as good as the squid game challenge, but there is a thing there that they could put those together and really make one hell of a challenge. But I, I, I really enjoy I like both these ones better than the ones last year. If that, yeah. Makes. And I, I mean, last year was in the, the CWC yeah, yeah. as well, I think. So it had the like added, like just that hot crowd really added to it as well. But I enjoyed, like, I remember the men's last year as, again, being really good, but yeah. I thought they did a good job this year. Uh, my, I think I'm frozen on the thing, but I can still hear you. It seems like we're still <laughs> streaming. I've got the the beach ball of death, um, but we'll try and go to some feedback before I just, I think, hard reboot this thing. But I think we can make it to the end of the show. You I just can have still to, hear you. You just have to stare at my beautiful frozen face. Uh, do you have feedback open there? I do. I, I'm going to read one here from Sean, who says this PLE opened with three straight bangers. Axiom Frazier set the place on fire and then the NA title match and the women's survivor match kept the flames burning. We even got a nice little punk pop to continue punk's goodwill tour. First dip of the night was the mellow and King match. This match was good, but just good. King trolling mellow for a spot on the show and the payday that goes with it was a nice scumbag touch, though. The men's Iron Survivor match was insane. Braun getting three falls in 40 seconds was topped only by Trick getting four straight at the buzzer to take it all. The cage match was sadly a dud. I don't just don't buy Keanu James and having Izzy Dame in that spot when she's barely been on TV was a terrible call. And if and if escape wasn't an option, why did the ref open the cage in the first place? Oh, yeah, I forgot to mention that. Like the commentary were very much like, oh, you can't escape. And then for the finish, the ref's like, oh, did you want to escape? And then she ran out for the interference. I was like, right. what? that didn't really make sense. The main event just brought it home with a stellar performance by Baron Corbin and the dual dragon off greatness. That end shot, though, we see you, Mello. Bring on 2024. So the shot was uh, trick coming out. Whoop that yeah. trick. But Mello being a little uh, butt hurt. And we go to Magan who says, Smokes this Dom Dom pack hits different right now. Finally, Dragon Lee became the North American champion. Losing Wesley sucked, so this was a wonderful make good. It's time to let the man cook between SmackDown and NXT without tying the title up in Judgment Day nonsense. Stay the fuck out, Dom. <laughs> it's a coin flip between the Iron Survivor matches, but I found the men's Iron Survivor had a bonkers finish with that trick Willie comeback. The women's Iron Survivor did have great moments. All five women shined. Lash Legend pulling the rain stacking pin was nuts. Tiffany was the MVP, and it capped off with the return of Cora Jade. Mellow King was fine. Dragonoff Corbin played into both men's stre- strengths effectively, and the post-match stare down with Trick and Mellow nipping at his heels had me chomping at the bit for New Year's Evil. The cage match had the misfortune of following that hot finish to the men's Iron Survivor. Roxy needs an equalizer. Jade Cargill, anyone? The kickoff between Axiom and Fraser was dope. A strong pay-per-view to ride out 2023. 
Thank you, Megan and Sean. Uh, join the Poison Rana Facebook group. If you haven't already, search Poison Rana in Facebook. There's a page and a group. You can join it and we post things like our feedback threads as we do every week on Up Next. But yes, we've made it through the deadline. We've we've talked about it all. What will happen with NXT? There's a PLE in fit that's their first one as they promoted that one and vengeance day we're kind of assuming we're getting trick mellow one-on-one if that's the case but is there anything like there's a few people on this show that this may have been i don't know if this was their last nxt like send off but where do you see anything going yeah, for the next few i months? mean you could debut someone at the rumble couldn't you um braun do what he did in this match come in spear a bunch of dudes throw people out give him like the roman spot he doesn't need to eliminate 13 people but he can eliminate like a bunch and people have him in the final four you know like give him that shine have him the final four and have them team up like to eliminate him or whatever like have gunther eliminate him and that's a feud set up um yeah i i think bron tiff roxy that they they've done all there is to do right now in nxt i think um but uh yeah but yeah, I, I I am really enjoying NXT at the moment. It's definitely found its stride again, which is which is good. Yeah, it's definitely picked up with some of the wrestling and the characters. And there's obviously always going to be the Degrassi high moments on NXT, but uh, for the most part, they they are definitely delivering. And I mean, like a lot of eyes were on this show. I'm sure there was a lot of WWE execs and maybe TKO and all that stuff, like being right there in Bridgeport tonight. So. I'm sure they they got a, a nice pat on the back uh, for for delivering a, a pretty good show here tonight. So uh, let us know if you agree or disagree with some of the stuff we said at Poison Pod on Twitter and Instagram. This Tuesday we will be back with a new up next right after NXT on this very post wrestling feed. Davey, you will be away, so I will be joined by Dickie Bird, and we will be chatting all about some some fallout from NXT Deadline, and I'm sure we'll also be talking about our new t-shirt website chopped-tees.com go check it out and support your boys buy some hoodies buy some hats whatever we got up there there's a lot of fun and great looking stuff there so go check it out and we have a patreon don't we Davey? we do indeed well oh, can we, you hear me yeah i can hear you okay. <laughs> uh, i was gonna say we have a patreon which uh this week we did a review of NXT from February 19th, 2014. I'm going to put this up tomorrow on our Patreon, which means the next episode of What's Next that we do will actually be NXT Arrival. So we'll be doing that show in about a month or so on our Patreon, which we have never fully talked about. So I'm very excited no. to do that. But we're recording a show this Tuesday for any of our fans of the Lord of the Rings podcast that we've done. We just did a review of The Two Towers just a few weeks ago. And this week is the... 20th 20th anniversary, anniversary yeah of return, return of the of the King. King. yes so we're going to be chatting all about that movie on on this week as uh, an episode of up yours we have so many other shows uh december 20th live on the poison rana feed we are having our poison rana christmas party so join in for that the next day we got the wrestling quiz of the year with bushby and a whole bunch of guests so looking for that Again, follow the socials for everything that we do because we have so many great podcasts coming out in the next little month, whether it's the free feed, whether it's the Patreon, and of course, all the boys and peeps at postwrestling.com are always keeping it busy too. So we can't do without you fine people out there. So appreciate you people for checking us out and hanging out with us tonight as uh, we're going a little later tonight, but appreciate the fine people in the YouTube chat. So follow me, Braden Harrington, at the D on Twitter and Instagram. 
And you can find me at Davey Portman. That's it. That's all. Take care. Goodbye. Be safe. And Otani, you really upset me. But yeah. Ahoy! Ahoy!